Hello and welcome to Court and Call, a podcast from No Drama Theatre. This is episode 6. It's hard to believe we've gone through 6 editions of Court and Call already. But to round off the year nicely, we have a fantastic play called Arrivals. It's directed by the wonderful Shivy Hickey and it's written by Peter Blenner-Hassett. This play is simply magnetic. It's wonderful. And it's performed for the first time as a radio play. Arrivals can stir up things, feelings you didn't know you had or that you wish you didn't. The paths and stumbles we take write their stories, but sometimes it takes a complete stranger to help bridge the chapters. This is our third radio play of the year since we've launched Court and Call, and we're looking forward to many more to come during 2021. Arrivals stars the wonderful Shane Robinson, Declan Ryan, Kate Cosgrave, and Megan Carter. Without further ado, Arrivals. The doors slide from side to side with every new wave of people, eyes wide and searching as they pass through the fogged glass doors, which have they added purpose of advertising pizza. Probably hundreds of thousands of eyes stare at these set of doors every year, and they're waving back and forth at you. I'd feel hungry if I could eat. I brought this book, sad and beautiful, Cat said. Been saying I'd read it for years. I was halfway down page three before I realised that I'd just been running my eyes over the words rather than actually reading it. Barely winked last night. My head isn't in the right place for reading, so I start people-watching. Old friends, families, lovers having heartfelt reunions over and over and over. I think you can probably learn a lot about people in that split second that they see someone waiting for them, and about the person doing the waiting. I try to learn about complete strangers for a bit, make a game of it, A bronze Mediterranean couple wearing tight everything and shades blow by. Weekend trip, probably. Not much to learn there. A stumpy, balding man in a suit strides by, looking worriedly at his phone. A few more trickle through without much to see. I consider returning to my book when the doors part to an old, hunched woman in a green mac and a battered, squeaky wheel trolley bag. Then I hear someone call the name Delilah. (laughs) Watching her face, she turned, and when her eyes met someone... Her face just lit up. She smiles. Each wrinkle extends and deepens. You'd think this would make her look older, but in that moment I could almost see her as a young girl. Worries melted away and eyes bright and pouring her overflowing joy. A hip-height child runs over and hugs her lower half tight, followed by presumably the child's mother who also gives the old woman a long, deep and clearly overdue embrace. Tears fall from Delilah's closed eyes, running down her cheeks into her wrinkles, like rain in a cracked path. I get up to stretch my legs, leaving my book to mark my territory. They're probably the least stolen thing anyway, not much resale value. Check the screen. No change. Bueno Ares. Delayed. Awaiting arrival time. Looks like I better get comfy. Could do some more people watching, except it's pretty tiring looking into other people's lives. A cigarette. I've been good the last couple of weeks. Why not? Don't I deserve it? I head outside down the line of taxis to the designated smoker's cell. 
a grimy blackened plastic box with a carpet of cigarette butts. Delightful. They ought to put a picture of this dump on the box. I check my pack with a horrible yellow label with Don't leave those you love behind written on it. On second thought, maybe later. I feel good getting out of the designated area, back to the smell of pizza at the arrivals. Beat smoke, anyway. My book is still holding down the fort. I head into the bit of everything shop. Outrageously priced boxes of chocolates and bunches of flowers for the guilty consciences. Supply and demand, I suppose. Cards for every occasion, even occasions you didn't think you needed a card. The most specifically obscure I could find was Best of cruising in your new car. Three euro. What a waste. Oh, oh. Plenty of time. Legs a bit stiff, though. Stay on them for now. Probably good for them. That's fairly packed. Not a fella in a suit beside holding a laminated sign with a name on it. Doesn't nod back. I think I'll eat the sandwich I brought from home for something to do. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah, does the job. Not much else, though. Millie's got a gift for the old hangdangs. I have a notion if she gets them so nice. Consider there wouldn't be a whole heap in what you might call variation in the making of them. Watched her make them. Looked, you know. It's exactly as you'd imagine. Bread, butter, ham, tomato, lettuce, butter, bread. Maybe it's the distribution of it all. The balancing of the parts. Well, maybe she says a little prayer over it. I wonder who the patron saint of sandwiches is. Faithful intercessor for all those we invoke thee, special patron in time of saviour, to thee I have recourse from the depths of my heart and humbly beg thee, to whom God had given such power, come to my assistance and abuse this sambo with a bit of scrumptious. A bit of zest, a bit of flavour. Amen. Mm. Nope. Ah, well, won't starve. Pity. Thought those verses bed into me by Father Darren might come to some use. Actually, better not spoil me appetite for later. Forty minutes, oil man. In big wall awards. Scrub the place. On me hands and knees, up and down, side to side, until everything glittered. Tidied away all the stuff. Terrible for leaving him about. I want her to walk in and have everything just be... Right, for when she sees what I made for her. <laughs> Been mean to make her since... Eh, look, that awful, rickety, cheapy desk. <laughs> Don't know how they let her work on it for as long as she did. Call me old supplier for cherrywood. Never use her much. A real fucker to work. No hacking at this one. More like ice in a cake. Spent two full weeks with it in the workshop. Dark varnish curled around like a friendly warm hug. Something to make her go wow for when she sees... When she... The words. Yellow lines. Berlin. Bar. Salona. Mune. Mune. Munich. <clears throat> Can't focus on either the moon or the ick. I better sit down. Where all the seats are moving about. Close the room. I see an empty one. Right, Desi. It's just there. Points if you don't fall over. And I realise you just sat in something. 
A book. Sorry, I didn't mean to sit on... Is this your book? No? Right. Sorry, is this yours? Right. No one's then. Well, what not waste, not? Jeez, can't take you anywhere. Ceiling on the floor, dancing now. Just think of it as a roller coaster, did he? I love roller coasters. Some of the joke cards are pretty good. Birthdays, congrats, get well soon, new baby. God, we got a stack of those for April. They're probably yellowing in the box in the attic somewhere. Think the years of trying had people convinced it wasn't going to happen. Three procedures and... Finally we had our baby girl. I was going to stay but the consultant, this old stout no-nonsense guy, looked at me and asked if I was the one giving birth. Otherwise there's a coffee machine down the hall. I kissed Kat and went for the coffee. Poor Kat. She had one bloody rough night. But she was incredible. Six pounds, three ounces. Healthy, the nurse told me. That I could go see them now. Them. Where before there was her. Now there was them. Now us. There they were. Kat, as beautiful. And I swear on my life, actually glowing like one of those Virgin Mary Christmas lights and she holding holding our new daughter April pink scrunched face peeking out of a cocoon of fuzzy blankets in that moment I couldn't speak we just spent about a minute or so crying making these really weird whining sounds and kissing and touching our new arrival to the world I wasn't happy no 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 I was euphoric It was like my entire way of thinking was rewired when I walked in that room. The whole universe flipped. But something else changed and started turning in the dark corner of my head. The worries of my life shifted and morphed and all centered on this little baby. Little baby, baby April. People say that you only truly understand love when you have children. But I truly understood something else for the first time too. Fear. Putting back the card, I leave the shop and head back to my bookmarked seat. But there's someone sitting in it. A thin fella, about 70 with grey hair, just sitting back, eyes seemingly closed, as still as a zen hippie guru. There's a few empty seats scattered, but none with such a good view of the doors. There's no sign of my book. I think of mountains and happy places and decide to use something Kat taught me called tact. Uh, Sorry, have you seen my book? I always start with sorry. Think it's a reflexive thing, as if I'm sorry I've been so inconsiderate as to register as a sound in his ear. In this particular case, that would be a lie. No response. I ask again, a smidge louder. Uh, I'm sorry, have you seen my book? Hmm? Uh, My book, I left it on this seat. He graces me with the opening of his second eye. A book? Your book? Oh, that was your book? Uh, Yes, my book. Have you seen it? I saw it on the seat and I I felt a bit off and the seat was the nearest. I guess everyone around it, the book was theirs and none said it was, so... But I assumed somebody had left it behind. I was going to hand it in once I got my feet back again. I had like a... a, What would you call it, uh, 
an episode or something when I'm um, when, when I'm standing around for too long. Uh, thanks. A guilty feeling seeps up in my chest. He looks like he could just blow over. Can I help you at all? Uh, check an arrival time or something? Uh, you're very good. Isn't you for a while yet, so there's no point worrying about it. These things usually come and go. I'm used to them. That's about 20 minutes most times. Well, thanks for the offer. Uh, tea, w- would you like some tea? I could get some tea for you. Maybe a bit of food, if that would help. I wouldn't say no to a bit of tea. And maybe there's a square dairy milk. If it's not any trouble, of course. I get his tea-making preferences. Tea bag left in, two drops of milk, two sachets of Splenda. And I head back to the shop. Nice fella. You don't get many like that anymore. People would sooner run away than have a conversation these days. See the sign for the pub down the way? Sterile glass and metal-looking yolk. I mean, there's plenty of nice ones too there, but there's only one out here. Something about airports and drink that just complement each other nicely. Stag party in London. Before any of those Ryanair cheapies would have cost near a month's wages. To bloody London! <laughs> ah, Christ, we were was when we arrived. You can still see the look of utter relief and the other passengers when we landed. Don't think they appreciate my renditions of the Dubliners. <laughs> They've been slaughtered at the time, but I can still hit the notes. I don't really remember the rest of that trip. I make the tea as instructed. I wonder if there's ever been a study on the well-being benefits of tea. Hard day. Tea. Nausea. Tea. Ketchup. Tea. Heartbreak. Hmm. Realistically, it's probably all the emotional associations that's hooked into it. And the fact that it's hot. It's more like you're drinking the idea of tea. Tea. Tea and toast. Tea and toast and butter. Or tea and toast and butter and jam. Now that's an occasion. A treat. Cat would always go on about tea, toast and butter and jam. The first thing she ate and drank after having April. Her utter exhaustion turned into that. A near religious experience. Made me make for certain that they had real butter. Block butter. Hard to spread, unmelted, none of that unnatural tubbed shite made for shelf life. Promise me, she said. Promise me. I did, and it was. She took her time, savouring every crumb. Told me that every time she had tea and toast and butter and jam, that it gave her a burst of that warm feeling from that day. Now she'd only have it on Sunday mornings, not to wear it out. Her ritual, creature of habit. Got the requested dairy milk, then back to the patient. I could see that he was looking down at something, around the row of seats. I could see him reading the back of my book. Uh, here's your tea and dairy milk. Uh, you're truly a gentleman. Let me. I um... know you're grand, honestly. <laughs> no, don't be a martyr. I'll give you a cup of oh, a bottle. Really, it's it's fine. All right then. A kind and generous gentleman you are. Uh, how are you feeling? Better, thanks. Gotten over the worst, so I reckon. Usually comes in one wave, and I'm at the far end of it. Yeah, migraine, is it? Don't know. Just a dizzy head. Wouldn't normally get them, but over the last few weeks... You might want to keep an eye on that. Oh, grand. Des, by the way. Uh, Colin. It would be a decent handshake if it wasn't for the cold sweat. Any good, that book? I don't know. Just started it. It's my wife's. Made her cry. Said it was so sad. I could never understand that. People, mostly women, if I'm being honest, looking at stuff that makes them depressed. What do you do with that to yourself? <laughs> Not enough of stuff going on. My wife likes romance stories. 
Got a bit of sadness, sure, but they never seem to cry because of one. She's probably reading one now, is she? On her way back from the Isle of Man, visiting her sister for a few weeks. Fierce, nervous lawyer. She can't look out the window at all or she'll get in a state. She likes to water sound the nerves with Sherry <laughs> and lots of it. Won't be surprised if she comes out in a wheelchair being so legless. Uh, who are you here for? Uh, my daughter. On her way back from travelling from South America with her boyfriend for four months. Now that's a trip. Here's fierce dangerous down there, so it's a good thing she had the fella. <laughs> Mind you, I wouldn't want to have a fallen out in the middle of the jungle now, would you? That could get a bit awkward. Uh, the furthest I ever got with Millie was the south of France. Awful. Never again. We needed to knock her out and put her in a straitjack she gets so hysterical. Did she go to any of the pyramids? Uh, yeah, she went to a few. Well, it's well for them. Trip of a lifetime. She won't forget that one. Any yourself? Any, um... Kids? Oh, yeah, no, no, no sons or daughters. Just just me and Millie. Poor thing. We'd have her half demented sometimes. April was one of those fearless kids. You know the ones. Would head straight to the biggest slide first. Would try to make it all the way around the top bar of the swing. Would climb the highest branch she could reach and scream. Look at me! Let her at it, Cat would always say. Bruises and bumps and cuts were the norm up and down her legs and arms. You know, I'm surprised we weren't investigated. Then, every so often, she'd get a big wallop and the whales would come and come. Cat would cuddle and kiss the herd away. And then she'd be right back doing the most dangerous thing she could imagine. I got cold sweats watching her. Thinking of her, you know, getting a neck broken or paralyzed, bleeds in the brain. Leave her. It's part of growing up. Cat and I didn't fight about much, but we did about that. She's going to end up in a half-sized box if you don't stop letting her play evil fucking Knievel. For all the hardships are getting her here, you'd think you'd take a bit more care of her. Conversation at dinner got pretty chilly sometimes. You just want a daughter in a bubble. She'll learn. She needs to, Colin. We can't wrap the entire fucking world in foam protectors. Kids get scrapes. It's part of it. We eventually found an unhappy medium for both of us. Right around the time lost her interest in playgrounds and flinging herself around. Kat never said it, but I knew she was thinking it. See? She survived! What a miracle! Spending time with her friends became the pastime number one. Sleepovers, running around the area with gangs of friends, watching movies, giving each other clown faces when they started using makeup. Then, the drama. Jesus. It began around the time she started noticing boys. Surprise, surprise. Shite-like. Emily doesn't want to hang out with us anymore, because Fiona said that Emily said that Fiona didn't have a chance with Andy, but... Emily was upset that Fiona said that she said it. Each new crisis eclipsing the entire world. I got the updates from Kat. Never ever from April directly. They'd sit and drink pots of tea together, gallons of this stuff, or go for long walks. April unpacking all her thoughts and Kat trying to give her best to inject a little much-needed perspective. I did feel, though, that I was getting my picture of the goings-on a bit filtered from Kat. Especially when April's getting into her mid-teens. April was... She was outgoing and confident. So, for obvious reasons, a prescription and a talk of the pill was given. This is not an approval for getting up to all sorts. Her eyes would roll almost out of her head, as if I was preaching the importance of flossing. Yeah, Dad. Yeah. Hmm. Tried keeping up with the person that she was becoming. 
She'd be watching TV or something and I'd be looking at her, thinking about what to say to her. Anything. Everything. But no matter what, she just tense right up. Like I was trying to catch her out or something. Children can look like animals to me. Little piles of energy jumping on any and every whim that goes by. Millie was, is, pretty amazing with them. She said on, I think, our third date that she knew she didn't want to have any herself. That said, she devoted everything to them. Since she ran that children's hospital for 30, 35 years, she did. All the doctors and nurses knew that if they didn't bring their best, they'd want to have a bloody good reason for Millie, nurse she into them. I oh, know, I sometimes popped in on my lunch to say hello when I had jobs around the area. Sure wouldn't Millie not have her lunch standing up, reading reports while running around. She's a very different person, in the thick of things, so quick, pure driven. You get tired watching her for even five minutes, just a blur going by you. And she did all the hours, even on the weekends. She knew what every child liked, their favourite team, comics they read, celebs they idolised. <laughs> Some of them were so sick. But she always had to make sure they were happy, she... Jeez. She, she rang up this fella that just won the Eurovision. Like, out of the blue. Said who she was and told him there was a little girl on the war that'd be over the moon if he came by. He was in that day, singing his winging song to all the children. Sat on the floor around him. I tell her she had a magic wand. One wave and the world would change around her. She never stopped. Devoted. Bit of chocolate? Thanks. Before I realised... The dairy milk piece that Des just gave me has liquefied. My stomach starts to turn with the taste. The chocolate clings to the inside of my mouth, sliding down my throat like the sticky tar. I get up, ignore Des's questions if I was okay. I wasn't even going to attempt to speak. I can't even open my mouth until I get to... Arrows, to more arrows, to more arrows, a door. Another the bloody door, the cubicle door. I can't even get to my knees and before I just vomit. The hot burning belly juice. I catch my breath. Sweat has layered on my forehead. Adrenaline is pumping. I rinse my mouth out with water from the tap and splash water in my face. A young guy is washing his hands a few sinks away. He can't help but look at me. A bad fish, I say. I don't know why. Oh, your man's definitely have a right go over. wonder what his story is there. Oh, the man, due 30 minutes. Probably hasn't even taken off yet. See a young couple reunite. She hops up and around him. <laughs> no shame these days. Christ is great. What a disgrace the entire family licking tonsils in like that in public. When me and Millie were starting out, we used to we used to go for walks around for hours, talking about where we thought we'd wanted to go, what what we wanted to do, you know. Learn about each other. We'd be silly and I'd make her laugh so much that she snored, then laugh that she snorted. And we'd sneak down the old quiet lane for a bit of kissing and rubbing. <laughs> Drove me up the wall. We didn't do anything mad, mind you. N- nothing exposed like, but we were furious at each other. Fear of somebody catching us just added to it. <sighs> We'd be bloody riled after. I'd be like prime Semtex coming home, I would then. Right to the bathroom to hand shandy myself to some semblance of sanity. <laughs> uh, she told me she did likewise. Uh, uh, the female equivalent, I mean. Took six months or so to get a bit of real privacy. Tired ourselves out into a trance, just lay on the bed, listening to music, eating crisps, drinking, smoking, talking about nothing and everything. I remember thinking at the time that this was the closest you get to being one with the universe. 
remember saying to myself, Ah, oh, this is it. Christ the whiff. I sit back down, and I suddenly become aware that I might smell. Yeah, I think it's a bug or something. Here. <clears throat> we'll take turns looking after one another. I'll go get you some water. You look like you use... something. I probably should have just made myself sick this morning and get over it. Right now, I actually feel good. <laughs> something cleansing about it sometimes. The girl beside me has her headphones on. The sound, a low thump, leaks out. I try to ignore it, but it's on me now. In me. Pulsing like a thick vein in my forehead. Emptiness of my stomach fills and something thick and heavy, churning like half-hardened concrete. Memories of fear. Terror. Sick with worry. Hysterical. That night. I just couldn't think straight that night. She was meant to be back by... Where the fuck is she? No answer. Her boyfriend, Sam. No answer. Why, why doesn't anyone look at the fucking phone? In the car, driving into town. Stupid Egypt. She wasn't ready. No regard. Respect. She promised. Back by 12. Do you, do you promise? I promise. I get to the pub. She said she was going to. Have you, have you seen my daughter? I scrolled through my phone, looking for photos. My thumbs are trembling. She was here earlier. I showed a screen to the bouncer. Can't say. Full house. They ask around. Pass around. Don't know. Can't say. Would you, would you like some help? I run past them. Push through the crowd. April! This music just ramming in my ears. April! Fuck. My mind drum. Just jumps around, wasted. Is she spiked, abducted, OD'd? Dragged somewhere? Where? My daughter, have you seen? Think she wore a, a black top or, or dark blue? This fella, this one here. Look, look, look. Eyes. Please, sir, if you, if you could just... I'm, I'm looking for my... She's not... She said she was... Come outside, grabbing. Thick black clot arms pulling. No, sir, please, 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 please don't outside a bald bouncer with a soft European accent bear hugs me until I can't stop struggling he sits me down the path like a small child he says I'll get you a coffee and everything will be okay it won't I call again nothing 45 unanswered calls 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51 no answer it's an answer it's her I checked the number. It's her. W- w- where's April? Silence. I realised who the hello belongs to. Sam. Her boyfriend. W- where's April? I'm-, I'm at the pub that she said she would be... Amy. What happened? Is she... He keeps saying he's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Why, Why are you sorry? What the fuck? What the fuck are you sorry about? Why the fuck is my daughter in Aeon? I think I hear him say pills. You say pills. He says he doesn't know which A&E in the car. Really shouldn't be driving. Hands are shaking. Trying to remember the best way. Dark figures just wandering into the road. And lights streaking blurs in my eyes. I, I sign up ahead. 
white letters on, on a red background accident and emergency pull up to the pad running running past an orderly nurse shouts something April past trolleys he can't come April we've called security please April Sam I see Sam just down the corridor he's just standing there looking at me just he's just looking at me bit of water I reopened my eyes I'm in the airport. People are staring at me. The girl isn't there anymore. Actually, no one is sitting within ten feet of me. Des holding a bottle of water out. Looking down at my chest. Dark sweat patches have just soaked through, streaking down my shirt. Uh, thanks. Oh, just, just a bit of a, bit of a flush. Uh, arrivals can stir up things, feelings you didn't know you had, or wish that you didn't. No, it was, it was just a flush. Yeah, thanks for your concern. It was just a flush, though. That night in A and E, April got her stomach pumped. We were there all night. Sam told us everything. Ecstasy. I've been taking it regularly for about a year. She tried a new dealer, cheaper. She took one, but then after about an hour, wasn't getting anything from it, so she took another two. She was dancing and and drinking and then started to get her buzz, but I felt different. I got warm, then very warm, then dizzy. She must have been too hot in the pub because she went outside and Sam followed her. She was wandering. Asking people to help her. Crying and begging for help. The doctor told us her brain was basically getting cooked from the inside out. Must have been fucking terrified. Sam got into her taxi and he brought her to A&E. While saying all of it he kept repeating that he he was sorry cat barely said a word that night like a statue she blamed herself and I I didn't go out of my way to deny it I blamed myself too what the fuck were you thinking popping whatever scumbag is doling out I mean Jesus I hadn't realised my daughter was a fucking stupid pillhead. Is that what you want to be? Some catatonic fuck-up who who won't get past 30. She just... lay there. (laughs) Not a word. Me in a room of fucking statues. We took everything we could think from her. Her phone, laptop, TV. And don't even think about going out. Her life from then on was home, school, home. Home, school, home. Clockwork. Gave her an old shitty phone so we could know where she was at all times. The house. 
the house got quiet you know she had food and then she'd just go back up to her bedroom and study short walks around the block with Sam for air she'd get a bit of exercise I didn't hold it against him for all his sorries you know he was stone sober that night April studied didn't fight Cat never said a word. It was as if all these years of me just fighting and where the boundaries were, she just, I don't know, surrendered. They both did. And we all went about our days like this big cuckoo clock. You know, little people chopping wood and cradling babies and waving to the neighbours. And I need to move. You all right? Where are you going? You can barely see your man now. Christ, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing, Tess? Getting into things you shouldn't, that's what... What's even out this way? Not really focusing on where it is I'm going until I catch myself. The whoosh of cars swelling and dying. I move closer to the edge, toes over the gutter. Close my eyes, swelling and dying. They were best friends, April and Kat. When asked who her best friend was, Ma'am. They spoke with each other about everything and nothing, going on walks for hours. I swear that they could communicate books to each other with just a look. They had all these little (laughs) secret jokes, gestures. She was in school when Kat collapsed. When I picked her up from school, she just froze before getting in the car, seeing my face. Alive, but non-responsive. April sat there looking at her mom in bed, hooked up to all the machines, looking as if there was some kind of mistake. That it, it wasn't really her mom. I thought the house had been quiet before. How are you? Fine. How was your day? Good. Is there anything anything bothering you? No. Would you would you like to talk about No. Uh, would you like to talk No, to I better it? study. How, how I'm kinda tired right now. Did, didn't you used to love yeah, when we Yeah, I used to. Not really anymore though. You know, it's such a lovely day. We why don't we Can't go really out? today. Sorry, Dad. Not right now, Dad. Maybe next week, Dad. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. The young doctor struggles over his words. All the tests and examinations show that an almost certain probability of never waking up. Gone. Irreversible brain damage. Too far gone. Catastrophic. No chance of recovery. (laughs) Nothing to do. 
and yet she still clung on. To what? I don't know. Dreams. Half dreams, half memories. I hear someone shout behind me through the sounds of passing cars and I'm snapped right back to where I'm standing. On the side of a dual carriageway at the airport. A raspy, gasping voice is just its getting nearer. Are you okay? What are you, uh... You have to leave in your book. Should be more careful with your belongings. Oh, I thought you were heading out for a fag or something. Didn't realise you are doing a bloody lap at the airport. Thanks. What a good deed today I am. Now, would you help me get back to the terminal? Wouldn't know the way very well from this part of the... Are we even in the airport anymore? We hop on the free bus, which circles the airport and sit beside each other. Not saying a word. Uh, silence can be a funny thing. Most can't handle it. For the lack of talking is suffocating. Myself and Millie could go days without a word. <laughs> I'd be the one to break first. Millie's Olympic level. Sunday mornings years ago, I'd more often not step somewhere else, having gone for a few scoops with the old school crowd. You know, bit of a ritual. I know, I wouldn't be one to talk myself up, but when I could, I could hold a room. When I get going, I could have the whole pub in stitches, and absolute tears laughing. And before, there's a few people murmuring about the weather or news, just just chatting. I come in and pump that room full of songs and jokes and fun. People I didn't even know went to the pub on a Saturday because they knew I made the atmosphere worth sitting in. Maybe went a few times the years after getting married, but after a while, stopped. I stopped asking her. She was doing odd hours, on shift, and I didn't want to spend her days off in a heap. Yet known that she was quickly becoming a more and more vital part of the hospital, managing a shift of nurses at the time, you see. Threw herself into work every day and be exhausted at the other side, but also fulfilled, you know? Content, you could call it. Me? I worked as a carpenter. We get off the bus. I should say something. Walk towards arrivals. Haven't a clue. Pub? Sorry, pub? You seem like a right alcohol nowadays. Yeah, the the pub there. I mean, looks like we've time for one. Yeah? You're right. I'll, I'll get it. I got off light with the water. What do you have? Oh, uh, tea. Driving. Oh, fair sensible of you. Point of medics and a tea, please. Thank you very much. Would you go away? Minnie kept on full steam ahead. Felt like it's something dragging behind her. An old pair of tatter shoes that she had once loved, but now she couldn't bring herself to bin. I tried talking to her about her. I, di- I did. But it was as if I needed to scream it at her. Tear me throat to shreds to make it through to her. Sometimes after a night... I probably did. <laughs> Made very little sense in that state. Christ, we looked into each other. This went on and on until, until me and that pub became best friends. I filled him with crack and he filled me with drink. Went every night the lads would and you know, a few more too. Shouldn't give me a feckin' commission. <laughs> or even a discount. Millie would sometimes come get me after her shifts. She'd ask me to stop her. Her eyes streaming. It's a wonder she didn't crash the car. I'd ask her how many children she saved that day. Saint Millie trying to become Mother fucking Teresa. Well, you're holy enough now anyway. Won't look at me. Touch me. You tense up when I walk in the room. What's it like living with somebody that repulses you? Makes your skin crawl. 
fucking monster. Didn't look far off one either. I was getting used to my new skin. A sad, self-sorry monster. The pub one night I got talking to someone. I chatted with everyone, but, but this was different. She smiled, laughed. Seemed to see me. Really see me. Me. She didn't see a jester or, or, or a monster. Brianna. Her name like a warm melody coming across her lips. Brianna. Her eyes, these great big blue pools. I was 35 at the time and she was somewhere in her 20s. Didn't stop to think what the hell she was doing with a fella looking as rough as I was. I was just delighted to be seen again. Like when her eyes looked into mine and my head caught wiped of everything but her. Absolutely magnetic. The first night we sang and drank and danced and joked and an outside kissed. Once or twice at first, but we couldn't stop. Along the road, in the taxi, at our front door. <laughs> Strange place for a walk. Yeah. Just, uh, I think I just needed to get some fresh air. Yeah, yeah I think I get you. Look, I know I, you don't know me, but... Look, if you wanted to talk... Uh, well, like anything, I... You know. What does your daughter coming back have you worried about? Um, it, it's a bit of a story. Ah. Uh. It always is. My wife uh, passed away. I'm so sorry. When she got sick, I hit my daughter, April. Hard. She didn't go to college. I begged her to. I mean, she got good points, but probably, probably a lot less if Next year, then, we agreed. April just drifted through the days, going back and forth to the hospital. <sighs> Tried to keep things together to help her, but it was as if, I don't know, all I could do was watch. She started sleeping in the hospital room. She barely ate. That room. (laughs) You know, at times I wanted to rip that fucking place apart. It was sucking away who she used to be. Her friends tried, you know, for a while until they just... Her poor boyfriend, Sam. I mean, he, he's a good kid. Most guys at 19, they, they just would have been long gone. And then in the time not working, sleeping, or begging April to come home, I just I potter around the house, cleaning, vacuuming, do the garden, cooking food, washing clothes, just... Anything just to bring into April. I felt mechanical, you know. Like you're stuck on a loop. Feeling empty. 
when I went to sleep and just empty when I woke up. And the house was, I don't know, it was just, this is deafening. Silence. I, I tried to guess what Kat would say. You know, she had answers for everything. Never could, though. Oh, sorry. 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 Ah, I'll just be a minute. Jesus. Poor fella. I thought it'd be different after it started with Brianna. Something would have changed inside me. An, an ache of guilt. Something. But honestly, I felt the exact same person as the day before. Arrived home after the first night as usual time for me. Helped Millie put away the shopping and made her tea and kissed her. She's reading on the couch. Normal as anything. Didn't feel real. I couldn't understand how it wasn't obvious to her. Like, like it was written all over me and all she had to do was notice it. I felt like shouting at her. I fucked someone else last night. What do you think of that? I was a bit disappointed that she didn't have some ability to sniff it out. Fucking disappointed. Christ alive, some bloody husband. I mean, if I could... I went along with the norm. I was used to it at this stage. And on Saturdays I would spend it with Brianna. Weekend after weekend, me getting more careless about the whole thing. We kept the information pretty light. I tried not to lie to her as much as I had to. We knew what she did, what she liked, disliked. We had a good rhythm going. One Saturday, I'm at the pub, per usual. Brianna usually walks in around nine. Nine rolls around. Got up by ten, and then eleven. Until I was back in my own bed that night. No text back then. When somebody didn't show, you just had to wait for their next showing to get the reason. Next Saturday, she walks in the pub looking... Well off. Quiet. Unconvincing smiles and eye contact that felt deliberate. We still went back to her place, but it all just seemed off. Going through the motions. I asked her, was everything okay? And and she said it was. Just a little under the weather. I'd left it at that. The next morning she comes down to to the front door and hugs me before I left. She'd never done that before. It wasn't a hug at lovers. More like a child squeezing their favourite teddy bear out of fear. Suddenly her age. But we were to one another. Hello? Yeah. How was the, uh... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm here. Are you? Okay, see you off in a bit. Really sorry about that. Wife was just ringing to say she's landed. You, um... You were telling me about your daughter, April, after... Yeah. I was, um... So Kat was, uh... In a coma. You know. Things were bad, and... One day I started sorting through, uh... Cat's things. She had this uh, beautiful satin box of mementos, you know, Polaroids and photos, and notes that I'd given her. We started going out. The bit of the bit of her wedding dress that she she had torn off. You know. <laughs> I um. I got a bit overwhelmed by it all. You know, I'm about to put the box away and that's when I saw this envelope. This sealed envelope. There's Kat's handwriting on it. For April, on your 18th birthday. 
I never actually, I don't, I'd never seen it before. I didn't know it existed. And I woke April in the hospital room and I gave, I gave her this envelope. And Sam and I are sitting across the room and she read it and Kat wrote that letter that day. The day that April was born. I wish you the happiest 18th birthday. My beautiful daughter, April. I know you will make me the proudest ma'am. I have no idea what the last 18 years held for us, but I'm sure they were full of love and laughter and kindness. You're at a very important turning point. Go to distant lands, meet exotic people, make friends, make memories. That is my wish for you. Happy birthday, April. I love you so, so very much. Now and forever. Ma'am. April had slept in her bed that night at home. And then the next night, and the next, until, I don't know, it felt like she was she was home again. Now, obviously she, you know, she cried a lot and Pretty much consistently you know, after the next few weeks, but <laughs> she also started to laugh again. I heard it from the next room initially, and you know, I, was, I thought it was someone else, and I was like, "No, no, I, I, <laughs> I recognize that sound. It's this delicate and light laugh, like a bell." It was the kind of signal that hearing April laugh it sounds stupid, but hearing her laugh made me feel like things were going to be okay. And uh, how did she take her pass? Fine, you yeah. She took it fine. Hmm. We better get back. <laughs> Your wife will be wondering where you were after. Should be a bit longer if you if you want to go into it. No, 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 no. Uh, look, thanks for. I know you're grand. Um, I'll I'll just be, I'll just be a second. We, we save me, Steve. You're not going for another walk, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. Just a, just a bit of air. I'll save you a seat. After things got a little closer to normal, Sam had the idea to go to South America with April. Sam was a bloody genius. <laughs> I told him that, you know, I'd, I'd pay for every penny. Get rid of any potential excuse that they would not go, you know. Four whole months. After probably a few hundred, you know, rereads of that letter, she said yes. Flights booked. Journey planned, bags packed, all ready to go. I drove her to see Kat before the flight. She sat there a good while, talking to her, telling her how much she'd missed her, and and then they were off. Walking home that morning with Brianna, I was thinking to myself, women can get so emotional and down. It just happens. Fucking idiot. I was tossing my plans what I was going to do that day. Watch the match. Do a few jobs around the house that were on the long finger. I turned the corner of my road and then gone a few steps before the blue lights knocked me out of my thoughts. 
My eyes were going over the letters. Ambulance. Before I realised I was sprinting faster than I had in years. Probably faster than I ever had. Images flashing in my head. Something has happened. There are people standing around. The back doors of the ambulance are wide open. Ready to take... To swallow up. Nearly there. Dizzy. Not now. Please don't be... Vision getting dark. You can't... Next door. The crowd is looking at the pad up to next door. I stop running. And my legs go to jelly and ache. The space where the dark green door usually is is gaping. And the green faces are all pointed in the dark hallway. Waiting... I make my way through the people still a bit dizzy to my path seems longer than I remember it the grass spilling over onto the concrete cracks in the stone I fumble for the keys the turn click feels heavy and solid up the stairs I slip my shoes off opening the door to the bedroom trying not to make a sound and see Millie fast and sound asleep two weeks into their trip I got a call from the hospital I should go immediately. That night, I told her all about April's trip so far, describing the pictures I'd gotten, reading out the texts, and then when I ran out of things to say about that, I, 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 <laughs> I talked about when we'd met, when we start going out. All the things we've been through together, the, the good, the bad. How lucky I still catch myself to have met her. What she meant to me. I talked and I talked and I, I talked and I talked until sunrise. I whispered what I saw into her ear and. She passed that morning. I sat there staring at April's number on my phone and I was just about to ring her and call her when a picture came in. The salt plains of Bolivia. Sam's arm around April. Not a care in the world. So I rang. Sam answered. April was out getting something around the corner, so I explained to Sam. And he told everyone at home what to do, to make sure that contact was was pretty much nothing, except for a weekly call to me. (laughs) On my own for the funeral. People didn't ask why April wasn't there. Knew not to. I was in the hotel afterwards and people doing the handshake queue and <laughs> I get a photo from April looking on the top of a mountain looking over this vast valley she's smiling so wide the sun on her face and I just completely broke down seeing it People dressed in black holding drinks, just awkwardly keeping their distance. You know, asking if I'm okay, if they could do anything for me. I just wished 
I could have seen her. Her daughter, roaming around the other side of the world like this adventurer that she'd always dreamed of being. Peru, Chile, Brazil, and finally Argentina. No, she isn't going to ever forget it. Pancakes with Nutella, orange juice, granola, toast, tea. Is this enough? She prefers coffee. She sometimes has a coffee on a Sunday. Ah, sometimes. Arranged and spaced everything evenly on the tray. Had to rummage around the garage for the tray and give it a good old clean. Then, sat on the bed beside her. What did you do? What, what do you mean? Can you please just tell me what you did? I'm sorry that I can't just relax and enjoy this, but this just doesn't happen. We both know that. I tell her about the ambulance. I tell her how terrified I was when I saw it. How I felt the heart skip beats and, and quake in terror. As I told her this, her, her firmness slowly melted. She said she was sorry too. Sorry she was the way she was. And I wiped her tears away and told her it was my fault. The things would get better now. We kissed again. The pancakes were cold. I said I'd heat them up, but she insisted they were perfect. I sat in the chair, layered with worn clothes and watched her eat. We chatted between bites. All the time with the stupidest grin you could imagine stuck on my face. We went for a big, long walk. The autumn sun soaking us and started having all these conversations that we stored away. Scary. How quickly you can forget. Before heading back to the car at the Statue of Mary, she slowed, then stopped. If something happened, you'd tell me, wouldn't you? I said nothing for a good while. Just looked further into the black horizon I think I'd ever seen before. The birds squawking and the waves slapping the rocks. I swear to you, Nothing happened. I love you, Millie. She studied me, looking for some cracks, but there were none. Buenos Aires has landed. Has it landed long? Ah, just now. Now I think about the last few months, being alone in that house. It felt like I was squatting in someone else's home. I mean, I had a few old friends over on the weekends, some beers revert to how we used to be in our twenties. Yeah, they seemed to be keeping a good eye on me. What really helped was the calls to April. We talked a lot before she left. But even more afterwards, she'd tell me all about the things that she'd seen since our last call. The people that she'd met and you know, I I just listen. And she'd ask me about my day, and I'd get started, and before I'd realize it, we'd be an hour chatting away, and she just told me what happened to her. Cat got sick, and she'd talk about her nightmares and her fears, and her mom was trapped in there, and she could hear everything, and how she felt, and she just had to be in there with her. We both talked about how much we missed her and (laughs) sounds silly but her little habits and how thoughtful she could be and she always gave the perfect, like I'm talking the perfect advice for everything. April tried to hide it but I could tell she was crying on the other side of the earth. That's how we grew close. (laughs) I finally felt like I knew her. 
she knew me. It was like that day we hit the great big reset button. Everything wasn't solved, far from it. But we were moving in the right way, steadily it seemed. No more pub. I got calls, people thinking I had died. <laughs> Even the barman. Nope, a glass of wine at dinner, but outside of that I was dry as dust. Started picking up Millie from work like I used to. Making dinner, doing jobs around the place. Basically making up for time for being worse than useless. Walks, films, showers together. I even went weeks without thinking what happened with Brianna. Short flashes. No, nothing I wanted to dwell on. Shy to me, just disappearing like that. But I was trying to make up for everything. Fix things. And it was working. But two months after the morning of the ambulance, I was filling up the car, paid, made me way back when... Des? I turned and see Brianna. Her hands in her coat pockets, hair messed up and... An expecting look, eyes pale and washed out. After a long time of neither saying anything, I broke it. I was sorry I vanished. And I was. But then I told her the truth. About Millie, about what, what I wanted now. She just stood. Taking all of this in. And after all that, nodded. Just a blank nod. As if none of it was any surprise to her. It's okay. I'm happy for you. No sarcasm. No anger, just this look. I've never forgotten it. It's over for us. That's fine, but could we... You... Could we sit and just have a coffee or something? Just talk? Not about us or anything, I swear. I could just use a talk. Lily! His wife had just come out the doors. Dad seems to go to kiss her. And then he only hugs her. Something stiff about it. I mean, he did say that she hated flying, that he brings her over and she introduces her. And Here's the gentleman who helped me with the dizzy spell. And we make small talk for a minute or so. And then we say our goodbyes. See you around and uh, hope it works out. And don't forget your book. We walk back to the rows of cars to find our little hatchback. Bag and boot, belt spoken, and we drive off without a word, following the faded painted arrows around the airport till I'm back on the motorway. The one with the car makes the silence a bit less... blatant. I turned down Brianna for that coffee. <laughs> Couldn't risk that. I kept myself very bloody lucky enough I never got back to Millie, and I didn't want to be within a mile of that girl. Left the petrol station relieved and never saw her again. The memory of our weekly flings shrank and shrank into the hazy part of my head, making room for all the new memories Millie and I were putting together. And Millie and I, now we are back on track. Happy. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Not a bit. 26 years go by. 10th anniversary of Millie's mother's passing. We're up at the cemetery to clean the headstone. I'll leave a few flowers. Millie asked me to give her a few minutes alone at the grave. I, I go stretch my legs, think about what kind of monument I want myself. Some fine slabs of marble scattered about. Stone crosses, granite blocks. Oh, Dumbo the elephant on it. Sally, age five. I mean, he might have known her. She went to every funeral. Keep moving, reading the names. Susan McManus, Philip Harris, Connor Byrne, Brianna... Brianna McCarthy. Carved letters are worn and dirty. 1969 to... To 1994. It's the same year we... Millie's coming away. I pretend to be looking at something, uh, facing away from her. She asks me if I'm okay. I, I tell her about the Dumbo gravestone. She seems to understand. 
petrol station. It was the last time we... We pop into a cafe around the corner. I go over to get some... Uh, milk, I think. Yeah, milk. Jug broke into a hundred pieces in a pool of white in the tiles at my feet. Didn't even hear it smash. Re- really sorry, I didn't know how. Room spinning. <laughs> Scraping my hands on the floor, trying to get the shards. Concerned people coming over, sit me down. I, I close my eyes and breathe. Ah, personal earthquake. When it passes... Days, what's going on? I let it all go. Tell her everything about Brianna, about, about the grave and all of it. Like the little cracks that have built up to a bigger shatter. She says she wants to go home. I can't even say anything. Anytime I think, do they? The idea of hearing my own voice makes me feel... Sick. I just head back. Me trying to figure out what's going through her head. How am I going to fix this? Make it up? She goes straight upstairs and starts packing. I stand at the corner watching her do it. I'm entirely sure what I'm saying. I sit in the garden. She, she's on the phone. Then she comes out. I'm going to stay with my sister. I'm going to get a taxi to the airport and get the next flight. Please don't try to contact me. I'd like to have some time to think. Fucking hate silence. For the last two weeks, just bloody deafening silence. It's good to have her back. I've been planning what I'll do for her ever since she's gone. Made this big, long list of everything she's ever liked. Cleaned every inch of the house, smells like a hotel. Found myself buying half a candle shop of a make she likes because she couldn't remember the exact type. Booked her favourite restaurant for tonight. Cherry on top was when she comes home and sees the new desk. Probably the proudest I've ever been of something I've made. Things are going to be fine. They will be. My body's aching all over. You know, it's... I think it's been aching for a very long time. It's only noticing now. So I just let gravity take over. Presses me into this seat and it feels... Inevitable. The door is open, but... I mean, they should be out by now. My breath catches every time it opens. More waves of passengers <laughs> laughing. Lost faces, smiles, handshakes, hugs, kisses. She may never forgive me. May want to never speak to me again. Never look at me. I mean, the thought of going back to where we used to be. The day the cat got sick is the day that I lost April too. Her life just <laughs> derailed. It was like watching it was like watching her drown. And me not being able to swim. Feeling useless. That's what this trip was. A chance to bring her back. You know, if she hates me despises the side of me I'll just be I'll be Dad the word far away meaning it it catches it, it's it's familiar to my ear like a half remembered dream Dad fear and cold sweats 
pans, mementos, lost sleep, and dirty nappies. Dad! Her skin. It's brown next to her long yellow t-shirt bracelets, all the way up to her arms, the bruises on her knees, cheeks red and warm. She says it again. Dad. April. April, your mom is... It's okay, Dad. It's okay. And that was fantastic. Arrivals, big thank you to Shivy Hickey for doing a wonderful job. You've done yourself proud as always. And a big thank you to Peter Blenner Hassett as well for writing such a fantastic piece. And a big thanks to Shane Robertson, Declan Ryan, Kate Cosgrave and Megan Carter for lending their talents as well. Really was a fantastic piece. That is our last podcast for the year. We will be back in 2021. I'd like to say a big thank you to all of our listeners and supporters since we launched at the end of September. On behalf of No Drama Theatre, we would like to say a big thank you. And we really appreciate your support. We are heard in over 25 countries right now and we are gaining points on the ranking. So hopefully we will be able to get back into the top 10. In the new year, keep an eye out on all the social media platforms for our No Drama as well as the website with regards to our upcoming workshops and other endeavours. The online workshops will be back at 7pm on the 5th of January. And don't forget, Court and Call will be on Dublin South FM 93.9 on the radio from the new year. Also, we will keep you up to date on that. Once again, thank you for all of your support. What has been a very difficult year for the theatrical world. Hopefully next year, things will get better. So I will say, Merry Christmas and here's to 2021. Peace out. 